0: Hey folks! Just over the last few weeks, as we've sort of been digging around in Deuteronomy chapter four, I, I, I kind of want to hang in there just a little bit more because it's very rich in terms of this whole idea of walking and possessing the kingdom life that God has actually established for us and invited us into. And for for many of us, we 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 have entered the kingdom of God through relationship with Jesus, but unfortunately. Um we haven't walked in the fullness of the implication of that relationship, and so there's more to be gained uh, I, you know <clears throat> I think one of the uh, one of the one of the things that we've kind of grown up with if you've hung around the church at all is that you've kind of we've kind of grown up reading the gospel stories of Jesus as as kind of like the church, the early church is looking back and trying to remember its story, and it's, so it's written these Gospels. But unfortunately, when it's done that, we've taken all of the thinking and the great theology of, of the Apostle Paul and we've overlaid it on the Gospels. And so we read the Gospels through the lens of Paul. And so for Paul, he's constantly using this lens about salvation, like establishing the rule and reign of God, this lens. And and the implication of that is, is eternal well-being, eternal life. And so what we've actually done is we've taken that lens and we've put it over the Gospels, and now we read the Gospels with a message that sounds like this. You may have heard this message. Give your life to Jesus, you'll be saved, and you'll get to go to heaven, and you'll have eternal life. You ever heard that one? You ever heard that message well that's Paul's lens that's actually not what the Gospels are trying to say Matthew Mark Luke and John are trying to say something complementary to what Paul is saying but at the same time powerfully different because unfortunately as we've read through the lens of Paul because his theology has been so strong in the church over the ages is, is that we've we've kind of read the Gospels as, well, give your life to Jesus, you get to go to heaven when the gospels are actually the crescendo of a long story, the gospels are actually a bunch of Jewish guys and coming into their story the crescendo of their story, that the God who delivered them out of Egypt, that the God who saw them get oppressed by Assyria and sent into exile, that the, that, that God was now coming into the earth to establish the rule and reign of God. And so be faithful to fulfill the promise of Abraham. That through Abraham, every nation on the earth, and through this little group of people, this little tribe of people, every nation on the earth would know the blessing of God. And so the Gospels are like the crescendo of that long story, and Jesus steps into the scene. And so by doing that, what Jesus is showing us is that this is what it looks like when God is answering His own promise to establish the kingdom of God in the earth. Now and into the age to come. What does it look like when God is walking around on the earth? What does it also look like when human beings walk around on the earth in relationship with the creator? This is what the Gospels are trying to tell us. And in the process of that, with every healing, with every deliverance, with every feeding of 5,000 people with just a few loaves and fishes, what the Gospel writers are trying to say is, Jesus is the fulfillment of the promise of God on earth, as it has always been declared from heaven would be. And if you actually then go and read the very end of the book, the very end of this thing, what we see is we actually see heaven coming and the city of God establishing itself in the earth. God is deeply interested in the earth. He's deeply interested in our walk on the earth. And he's not trying for us to escape earth and get to heaven through the life, ministry, death and resurrection and ascension of Jesus. He's not trying to get us out of jail and get us into heaven. What he's trying to do is eradicate and break the power of sin and death and so establish the story that he has always said it would be. Man, if the church got a hold of that. If the church got a hold of our job is not to get people out of here, but to actually establish the reign of God here in people's lives, there would be a massive turnaround. Big implications on lifestyle. Massive implications. Because what that means is our choices have huge implications. How we choose to pray for people or not. How we choose to use our resources or not. How we choose to open our life to God for the well-being of here and now or not. Massive implication. And at the start of this year, I love Paul, I read... I love his theology, I love his lens, but I encourage you, please try and read the gospel without the book of Romans in your head. Go away this week and read the book of Mark or Luke or John or Matthew and read it in the understanding that this is the the crescendo of of the long story of God. And here he is, he's fulfilling it all, he's doing it all right now. In the person of Jesus and the implication is for now and into the age to come Um, we've been talking about inheritance and the reason why I talk about the implication of the Gospels right now is because God wants us to have our inheritance now and into the age to come he doesn't want us to just dig in bear down hope that it changes but one day when we die, we get to go to heaven and have our inheritance. That's that's not the deal. That's part of it, but it is not the completeness of it. God has an inheritance of his kingdom for us to walk in here and now. We've looked at issues um, in Deuteronomy chapter 4 of um, accessing and possessing the kingdom of God this year. We've talked about what does it mean to actually be a listener of God, where we... We hear his words to us, and then, like Jesus said, like there's wise and foolish people. Both hear God, but it's what you do with what you're hearing that determines whether or not you're wise or foolish. We've we've talked about what it means to be a follower of, of God. We've also talked about how in Jesus there is a uh, a completed reality, and we don't need to add and subtract to the work of God through Jesus. We don't need to add more works or effort or or things. It's all done in Jesus, and now we enter into that grace of his. Uh, we also, last week, we touched on the issue of warnings, where, where, where Moses says to the guys in Deuteronomy, just before they're about to step into the fullness of their inheritance, he says, be careful about you know what you're yoking your life to, and he uses the story of Baal Peor, where the where the men of Israel started to um, hang out with the uh, the women of other nations, and then they started to be yoked to these women, um, and um, through sexual union and sexual activity. But the ultimate implication was by choosing to connect up with that that activity the men of God started worshipping other gods from other nations. And primarily it was this god called Chemosh, or I can't properly say its name, but it was a Midianite god. And um, one of the practices of that, that god was that men and women would go and um, you know, have all sorts of sexual activity in front of the idol and then they would sacrifice their children by throwing their children into the... They'd made an idol with a fire inside it, and they would throw the children into the fire in the hope that that would bring appeasement and blessing. I mean, how sick is this? I mean, how demonically sick is this? And yet these are intelligent people who have just simply... Well, if I just yoke myself, with, it won't be all bad, that bad... If I just connect in or have a little dibble and a dabble, it won't be all that bad. Just be careful with what you're yoking yourself to. That was Moses' thoughts. And so last week we, we challenged all the guys and the, and the women in this place, you know, don't sleep around. Be careful of your sexual, sexual practices and your sexual urges. Be careful where that will lead you. Um, just, just, and so Moses is saying to his guys, hey, if you want your inheritance and the fullness of it, here's a little heads up be careful and not just with sexual activity and sexual urges but be careful of what you're yoking yourself to you know in 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 business decisions and ethics and 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 the way that we choose to make decisions for people's lives the way we parent be careful whose wisdom we're drawing on and what what tales we're using to try and educate and build children be very careful what we yoke ourselves to We looked at uh, Moses' warning. We also looked at how uh, Moses said that there is something standout different about God's people on the earth. They're meant to be a wise and understanding people. But their wisdom and their understanding of how to see life and navigate life was because the presence of God was near them when they prayed. God's presence informs our wisdom his presence informs our understandings of how to do life that's why it's really good to pursue god (laughs) And, and hunger after his presence like get into it because with his presence comes wisdom to know how to walk through the circumstances in which you find yourself Presence leads to wisdom and understanding. Now, I want to pick up this last few things this morning. Um, The first thing that Moses says in Deuteronomy 4, uh, verse 9, I'm going to pick up. He says, look, be careful and watch yourself. Watch yourself closely so that you don't forget what your eyes have seen or let them slip from your heart As long as you live, teach them to your children and to their children after them. Remember the day you stood before the Lord your God at Horeb, which was the mountain of God, when he said to me, assemble the people before me and hear my words so that they may learn to revere me as long as they live in the land and teach them to the children. I'll just grab those first uh, first few verses there from 10 to, uh, uh, sorry, 9 and 10 this morning. Just watching yourself. Um, It's really interesting as a culture in the world today, we're very, very, very much consumed with watching everyone else. We're highly consuming consumers of watching everyone else, their choices and what they're doing. I mean, we have TV shows that just are running all the time about who's doing what and what celebs hooked up to who and what you know just what we're watching ourselves the whole others the whole time but the, but moses here is saying to the people hey get your eyes off everyone else watch yourself just watch yourself for a while have a look at what you're doing with your life Watch yourself. Um, The psalmist in Psalm 51 wrote this, Surely, O God, you desire truth in the innermost parts. You teach me wisdom in the inmost place. This year, I want to encourage you all, be diligent about your soul care. Please be diligent about your soul care. Taking the time to look at where truth needs to be established more in your soul, in your heart, in your life, in your thinking, in your practices. Take time. It's the love of God that's there for you to be able to navigate life. If If we would just take some time and actually invest in ourselves in a really healthy way, in our relationship with Jesus. Don't forget the things that your eyes have seen. Obviously Moses is saying this because people forget stuff that their eyes have seen. I guarantee you, like, I know this is my story, I have a whole library of healing history that I have seen God move. I have a whole library of it. Many, many stories. And yet, when it comes to the punch, and someone says, tell me one of those stories, I actually have to... I actually, well, hang on. I know I've been a part of a heap of them. But I actually have to stop and recall it. Why do I have to do that? Because I forget them. They kind of just fade off in the ether of the busyness of my head <laughs> um, that's the problem we got we forget we forget what God's done for us we forget the stories of his kingdom breaking through we forget all of that so one of the things that Moses tells these guys is to make sure that you don't forget what your eyes have seen or let it slip from your heart as long as you live and the way that you stop it from slipping away is he says tell it to your children in other words start keep always talking about what god is doing talk about it all the time and to talk about it with others means we have to push through the whole idea of rejection and isolation like no one listens to my story no one wants to hear me what a load of kibbutz God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to show you what life looks like on planet Earth so that we could be a part of a story that's worth telling of God's great love. You've got a story that needs to be told. Start telling, keep keep telling the story. Keep asking for opportunities to tell the story. You know, sometimes, well, a lot of the time, Nicole kind of gets a bit sick and tired of me because I'm always like, I'm on the chat. Talk, 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 talk all the time. She's like, I've been at work all day. Can you stop talking to me? I need some space. I'm like, yeah, okay, but when you get your, head, get your space, I've it's something I've got to tell you. you. And the reason why I'm doing this is because I'm trying to continue to tell the story of what I think I'm seeing God doing and what I'm a part of because it gives me life. Your story of Jesus and the Father and the Holy Spirit gives you life in the telling. That's why Moses says, don't let it slip. Don't, don't let the forgetfulness become the reality. The way to get around it is keep telling the story. So this year, just stop. I mean, even just like, let's, like 15 seconds. We're going to take a 15-second Ponder. Close your eyes. Everyone, let's just close our eyes. We're going to take a 15-second ponder where we're going to ask the Holy Spirit just to remind us of just one time where we have seen God be powerful for ourselves or for others. Holy Spirit, would you just do that for us in the next 15 seconds? Holy Spirit, I'm really sorry to interrupt you right now, but I want to say thank you and just draw everyone's attention back here. There's a whole litany of stories. That's just 15 seconds. If you'd hang out for 30 seconds, you'd get like maybe two or three. And if you hung out for like a minute, you might get five, six, seven, and eight stories of the faithfulness of God that's been at work in your life and those around you. Ponder these things before the Lord. Don't let them slip away. Because in the pondering and the telling, you 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 benefit from the life of the kingdom that's in those stories and those those histories. Um, it's it's you know Paul says to Timothy, he says in one Timothy four sixteen he says, hey watch your life close watch your life and doctrine closely. Now doctrine is one of those really kind of hard, cold, and old words for many people. Well, it's a good word. It's a good word. Um, But what that word literally means is belief structure. What's the framework of your belief structure? He's saying, watch how you do life and your belief structure. Watch them closely. So Paul's telling Timothy, who's a kingdom leader, he's saying, Timothy, watch this stuff. Pay attention to what you're believing. It's interesting at times, you know, when, when... and, and, and you really get to see what you believe when you are put in a difficult circumstance. That's when our doctrine is either true or we're leaning on falsehoods. And it's in those testing moments of life where Paul says to Timothy and through Timothy says to us, he says, hey, watch what you're believing right now when you're doing it tough. Be very be, watch it. Watch it closely. And the reason why he encourages him to watch it closely is because have you ever noticed if you entertain what you think for a while and where it can lead you? Like yesterday morning, here's a snapshot into Kirk Delaney's devotional time yesterday with with the Lord. I sat down and I started to read my Bible. Well, I actually had this in front of me, and it talks the bible to me and i kind of read it as it's talking to me and so i'm hearing it and reading it because that tends to help keep two of my senses focused and um uh but then you know completely honest here i'm just reading this bible i'm trying to focus in on what the holy spirit's telling me and then i just have some random sexual thoughts run through my head i'm just like well you know a bit like a like a, like a puppy dog, when you throw a ball in front of it, the puppy dog goes, oh, and follows that ball. And if you're not careful, what floats through your thinking will lead you somewhere. And I was like, wow, what was that thought? And I was, and then I was like, whoa, hang on. I'm not, I can't, no, I'm not meant to go there. Holy Spirit, just help me to focus in again here, please. I tell you it, it, and it doesn't have to be sexual thoughts it could be anything it's like you would be focusing in on spending time with the Lord and watching your life and asking for truth in the innermost parts and then all of a sudden you find yourself thinking about oh my gosh I gotta go to work today and I gotta deal with that person and then before you know it it leads you into a place of oh God how are we ever gonna get through this a place of disappointment or depression or oppression or captivity when God's saying hey follow me my presence will give you wisdom and understanding for life follow me listen up to the encouragement of paul to timothy he says watch that and you see that in that second little sentence there he says watch your life closely and persevere in those things in other words what how you live and what you believe it's not a walk in the park is it You have to persevere. You have to walk with these things, and everything's going to want to try and rob you from those things, of your life in God and your belief structure in God. So this this year, 2015, as the Father's love leads you into greater experience of his kingdom, please take the time to implement some soul care Please take some time to ponder what you have seen with God on a daily basis. Please tell that story, even if it's to the person in the queue at the bank and they just think you're an absolute weirdo, like, who's this freak telling me stuff that they were t- about God? Please do that and be careful where your decisions lead you be careful where your emotions lead you be careful where your actions will lead you be careful where your speech leads you because it all leads you somewhere and god's encouragement to us is that all of that under his love would lead us into a full life of his kingdom and inheritance now i want to pick up just last thing here i'm going to pick up on this Now, in the context of keeping your faith alive, Moses is saying to the people of, of God, just before they go into the land, he's saying, you know, don't let it slip from your heart. Don't let it slip from your mind. And then he goes on, he says, make sure, so the connector to having a life of faith here for the people of God, Moses says, don't forget. The children. Our, the fire of faith in us is very much connected to how involved we are with God's heart for children. You see, Moses is trying to make a very loud, distinct difference between what happened at the Baal at Peor, where every other God wants to devour children and minimise children and kill children and abort children and give children a value of nothing. And yet Moses' God is standing there and saying, real people of kingdom, faith and life, always, always, Always consider the children. Note when he says, when you assemble, I just quickly read it there. He says in verse 10, at the mountain he said, I told you, assemble the people before me to hear my words so that they might learn to revere me as long as they live in the land and that they may teach them to their children. That's not a babysitting service in next door, people. Don't come here and handball your children in there thinking that it's a babysitting service. It's not. That's minimising your faith experience in God. They're in there being given a framework of understanding of the kingdom of God. They're in there. We're doing our darndest and our best with the help of the Holy Spirit to pour out our life into them. And as we do that, We get faith. It's connected. This is an accelerator God's really going to push hard in this place over this year. Elevating the value of children to their right and proper place. Because our God says children matter. Children are important. And that's why Jesus, you remember the story in the Gospels where the religious guys are all around and even the disciples, they don't get it. They're all like, get the kids out of the way, will you? And Jesus says, "Woo!" Because the Gospels, is this is what it looks like when God walks on earth. Hey, 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 stop that. Let the children come. Let them have their right and valued place in, in life, in journey. For such as these, the kingdom belongs to them. And in fact, all you big grown-up people, if you want to inherit the kingdom, you've got to be like a child. Children are very important to our faith development. To the degree that we invest in their faith development, I very much believe, is the degree to which we will experience our full inheritance in God. Because God didn't write this book to me and he didn't write it to Bruce. He didn't write it to Scott or Laney. He didn't write it to Massey. He didn't write it to, to Chris over there. He wrote it to us. He wrote it to a people, and inside the context of the us, we discover the me. you always got to hold that intention. you always got to hold that intention. So as much as we're here for, you might have come today for, God, I need you. God, I need you in the context of, God, we need you. It's always like that. That's why we're a fellowship of believers, as the New Testament wrote it teaching our children god has seen to it that our faith is kept alive through gift by by gifting us with children and the privilege to show children the way of jesus the way of doing life the why, the way of of wisdom and understanding and not just like knowledge of like a frameworks but like how to do life how to pray for sick people the value of relationships, the power of the Holy Spirit, the importance of the body of Christ in the earth, the value of mercy, all of these realities. It's a, the children are a gift to us here at Vineyard Pine Rivers. And Jesus wants us, I believe, and even Moses, in his he, he kind of uh, 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 alludes to it here, is that, For us to walk in the fullness of our inheritance, we must never ever minimize the importance of children. And we must always be proactive in teaching our children the ways of God. Always. What does it mean to teach? Well, one day when Jesus was casting out a demon, this is the kind of teaching I mean. Not just like um, uh, rote words, but actual life. So when Jesus one day was um, <clears throat> casting out a demon out of a guy and a demon came out, the people that were there that day, they looked at what Jesus did and they said, what is this teaching? Jesus wasn't, now sit down class, A, B, C, D, E. Jesus was casting out a demon and the people said, what is that teaching? In other words, what is that life skill who showed him? How do you, what is that? Our children need to be shown the way of God. No one else is going to show them. The world's showing them a lot on how they, the world wants them to live, does it not? Children, teach them to your children so that it might go well with you. A little bit further on in Deuteronomy 6, he does the same thing. He talks about, you know, so that you would have a long life and you would prosper and you would possess everything that God has for you and that you would greatly increase and, and that you would love the Lord, with all your God, the Lord your God with all your soul, with all your strengths. And he says uh, in, in uh, Deuteronomy 6 verse 6, he says, All of this I give you today is to be upon your hearts. Now go and impress it upon your children. So where's the first directive of the inheritance that we've received? Our children and our children's children. Are we investing in our children's inheritance with the inheritance that we've received? God's after this. To the degree that we take that seriously is the degree that you will see the fire of God in your own life. Anyway, I'm going to leave it there. children and watch yourself that's not like heavy stick stuff it's actually the mercy of god and the wisdom of god it's the bible saying hey pay attention watch yourself watch your belief structures it's one thing to say i believe in jesus it's another thing to, to actually believe like jesus therein is the journey okay that's the one we're on